0: You're about to hear a sermon from Han Vision Church in Lawrenceville, Georgia, delivered by Joe Song from our study on the gospel according to Matthew. Thanks for listening to Han Vision. Matthew chapter 19, verses 16 to 22. Here we go. Jesus is talking to his disciples, and uh, he just got done uh, praying for a bunch of little kids. He got, uh, and then as, after he got done praying for these kids, this guy comes up. Verse 16. And behold, a man came up to him saying, Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? And he said to him, Why do you ask me about what is good? There is only one who is good. And if you, if you were to enter life, keep the commandments. And he said to him, Which ones? And Jesus said, You shall not murder, you shall not commit adultery, you shall not steal, you shall not bear false witness, honor your father and your mother, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. The young man said to him, all these I've kept, what do I still lack? And Jesus said to him, if you would be perfect, go, sell what you possess, give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. And one of the saddest, maybe one of the saddest passages I feel like in in the Gospels is, is this one. The ending where the man is like invited, standing inches away from the thing he was looking for. Eternal life. And he walks away. Right? That's so sad. It's a tragedy. How many of us would be like, man, if Jesus invited me to follow him, I, would, I wouldn't walk away. Yet so many of us are doing that every day. The tragedy is everywhere around us. Let's jump to verse 16. Let's go look at this real quick, the gravity of this. The days are short, so we need to jump into this. Behold, uh, a man comes up to him saying, Teacher, what good deed must I do to have eternal life? Right. That's the cry of all of our hearts. Even this guy 2,000 years ago in a culture on the other side of the world, a Jewish man, It has the same heartbeat as everything we're longing for every day we wake up. We long for life, not just life, because normal life we all get. You know what I'm talking about? We're talking about a life beyond just waking up and breathing. We're talking about that like purpose, meaning, ultimate satisfaction, love, like what is it all about, sort of meaning, like why am I here, sort of life. You guys know what I'm talking about. That's what this guy is also looking for. Why? Where? Can I get it? What must I do? Because there's something inside of him that knows that there's something more to life than what he sees and what he is experiencing right now. Anybody in the room feel like there is some, there's got to be more than, than this, right? Right? That's, that's the cry of our hearts. It's the cry of humanity. It's everyone. It doesn't matter whether you're religious or not. What culture you're from, everyone needs life. And not just the physical life, but eternal life there's a deep longing in all of our souls that says there's got to be more than this and so he comes to Jesus and he says what must what good deed must I do to have eternal life and if I and Jesus probably looked at this guy and was saying, "You are so lost because the fact that you even ask this question means you are." you are so lost. Like he asks, what good deed must I do to to get eternal life? He thinks eternal life is something you can get, is something you need to achieve. When eternal life isn't something you achieve, eternal life is someone you come to know. You guys know what I'm saying? So many of us, think that eternal life is found in religion. A a, a bunch of things you have to do to get to a certain place. A lot of us think that religion is about getting a bunch of rules done so that you can get to a place called heaven. What must I do that eternal life is in this place? And that's what we're asking, we're looking. What do I have to do? Whether you do it religiously or you try to do it through the world, what must I do to achieve that ultimate status of life, true life? Even if you're not looking for it through religion, you're saying like, what must I do to really be alive? What what school must I get into to really be somebody? How much money must I make to really discover the fullness of life? What relationships am I lacking? Do I need to go and get to really start to live my life right? And we keep going on and on what do I have to do what do I have to do what do I have to do to really start living and most of us aren't living because we're just waiting we're just trying to do stuff and Jesus is looking at this guy and he's gonna lead this guy through this conversation uh, trying to get him to see it's not about what you do it's not about religion it's not about rules it's about a relationship. And that's what Christianity is at the end of the day. It's a relationship. It's not a religion. It's not a bunch of rules. It's not what you do and what you shouldn't do. It's who do you know? And my question to us this morning is, do you know Him? Do you follow Him? Do you have a relationship with the eternal life? It's not something to achieve. It's somebody to know. Jesus says in John 17, 3, 17.3, it says, And this is eternal life, that you know the only true God and Jesus Christ to whom you have sent. Do Do you guys catch that? Eternal life isn't something you get to. It's not a place. It's not heaven. It's someone you know. It's somebody. Eternal life is a relationship with God and Jesus Christ. Do you know him? In Matthew 7, 23, it says at the end of time, people will come to him and say, Lord, Lord, look at all this stuff I did for you. Look at all these wonderful things we did for you. We we cast out demons in your name. And what Jesus will say to them in verse 23 is, I declare to them, I never knew you. It's not like, what did you do for me? It's, did you know me? And my question to you today I don't care about what you're doing for Jesus. Do you know him? Do you know God? Eternal life is knowing him and not just knowing him up here, but it's actually being in relation, a living and actual, I'm talking about a real life living relationship with God. You guys know, like what, how do you have a relationship with God? How do you have a relationship with anybody? You know, you have a living relationship with someone is if you are in, if when you're talking to them. Right? When you meet with them and you eat with them and you talk to them and you hear their heart and you spend time with them and you know them and you're getting to know them more and more and you're just doing life with them. That's what it means to be a relationship. But a lot of us we're like, how do you have a relationship with God? Are you talking to Him? Are you spending time with Him? Is He a priority in your life? Do you know Him? Do you know His heart? Do you feel His presence in your life? Do you walk with Him? Do you live your life with Him? Or do you just put Him on a shelf and just go and just do stuff for him but you don't know him that's the difference some of us are still living in religion and we don't have a relationship and that is why so many of us are still asking the question what what else do i have to do some of you are you're doing everything you're doing a bunch of stuff you guys know what I'm saying? Like I go to church, I read my Bible, I'm doing this, I'm, I'm serving here and I'm like doing the stuff, but you're doing the stuff, but you don't know the person. Do you have relations? Do you, you know Him? Do you yada Him? In Hebrew, the word to know is yada, which is this deeper relational word. It's not just to know in your head, but it's to know with your heart, to know with a relationship, to really know someone is to have a relationship. That is the kind of knowing that is eternal life. Do you know Him? The reason why I know most of us don't know Him why why it's not a relationship, it's still religion for most of us in the room, is because when I ask a lot of you, when I ask you, how are you doing with God? Tell me about how you're doing with Jesus, right? And I ask that question, and the kind of answers I get are, like, how are you doing with God? And you say, it's good, or it's not good, which is the most of you, right? It's not very good. And then, what you will start to tell me is you'll start to tell me a list of things you do or do not do to make it good or to make it not good. You're like, you know, I haven't been, or I'm like, hey, how are you doing with God? And you look down and you're like, well, I haven't been reading my Bible or like, you know, someone's like, well, you know, pastor, I haven't gone to church in years. And, you know, they start to tell me about their church attendance or they start to tell me about their Bible reading. They start to tell me how much or how little they do certain things or how much they've sinned or how much they've not sinned. They don't tell me about the person. They tell me about a a list of things they do or do not do. They're telling me about a religion. They're not telling me about relationship. When someone asks me, how are you and your dad? I'll start to tell them about my dad. When someone asks me, how are you and your wife? I'll start to tell them about my wife. But when I ask you, how are you and God? You don't tell me about God. You tell me about the stuff you do or do not do for him. And then it makes me wonder, do you know him? Do you have a relationship with him? Because when someone asks you, how are you, how, like, how are you doing with God? You're like, man, God has been so good to me. It, I, it, I miss hanging out with him. I should be spending more time because I miss God. Or like, man, like I've been so, how are you doing with God? Man, I feel so intimate with the Lord. I feel like he's teaching me so much right now. And he's just causing me to go deeper. Or right now, God feels really distant, but I know he's here because this is who he is. He does this so that he can grow me and trust me. You start talking about God and who he is when you have a relationship. When you only have religion, you start talking about things that you do. So I don't want to hear about your church attendance. Tell me about God. Do you have a relationship with God or or do you have religion with Him? Is the Bible... Just something you get through to check off your list? Or is the Bible, is scripture something you read because you want to know him and you want to spend time with your heavenly father and get to know his heart? That's why when David mentioned Psalm 23, like my heart started melting because it's not that I love Psalm 23. I love the God Psalm 23 is talking about that he is my shepherd who watches over me, who cares for me, who like sets a table before me and feasts me. Me and his goodness follows me all the days of my life i don't love psalm 23 i love the god of psalm 23 i love the god that psalm 23 is describing you guys know what i'm saying i don't love the bible i love god of the bible do you know him do you have a relationship with him is time with God just like, oh, you're QT and I just got to do it? Or is it, is it the most important meeting of your day with the person you love more than anyone else in the world? Is that what your quiet time is like? Because if it were, would I be like, man, you know, like when you're like, yo, like someone's like, hey, let's meet up. And you're like, I can't. I have a really important meeting that I cannot, like it's the most important thing in my life. So I have to do, I have to go. Or are you like, yeah, sure, I can do whatever. And then like you just kind of push God around and whenever you get time. Do you know him? That might be the biggest question of today. Like, do you know God? Verse 17. Well, sorry, we're only on verse 16. We'll keep going. But if that's all you get, like that you need to wrestle with that question. Why do you ask? Jesus says to this guy, like, he's like, what good deed must you do? Like, first of all, you're like way off base. Like, it's not even about deeds. It's not even like what eternal life. Why do you ask me about what is good? There's only one who's good, right? Jesus, first of all, he's like, first of all, dude, like, why are you asking me about what is good about eternal life? Only one is good. And we all know the answer, right? He's trying to show this good Hebrew, like young man, like there's only one who's good and who has the answer to eternal life. Who is that? It's God, right? Every good Jewish man or boy would know that only God is good. And so therefore, only God should, will know the answer to eternal life. And so with Jesus, if he was a good Jewish rabbi, he would say, only God is good. So therefore, the answer to eternal life, you can only get from God. So go to God and ask him. But instead, Jesus doesn't say that. He says, first of all, yes, only God is good. And only God would know the answer to this question. And then immediately proceeds to go and answer the question. Do you guys see what he just did there? Some of you missed it because it was so like genius. <laughs> He's like, only God is good, and only God can give you the answer to eternal life. And then Jesus immediately goes and starts explaining the answer to eternal life. And at the very end, the answer is, follow me. Jesus just claimed that only God knows the answer, and only God has the answer. And guess what? I have the answer. He just low-key said, I'm God. <laughs> right? In John 14, 16, he says it, uh, you know, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except for me. Guys, Christianity is not just one of the religions. There is no religious founder of any major religion that ever claimed to be God or ever claimed to be the way to eternal life, but only Jesus Christ claimed that he himself was the way, that he was the life, that he is eternal life because he is God. No founder says that. Every other person said, I'm not God. Buddha said, I'm not God. Muhammad said, I'm just a prophet. We will tell you a way to get to God, but we are not the one. Jesus says, I am the way. I am the truth. I am the life. This is different. Anyone who says all religions are pretty much the same has no idea who Jesus Christ is. And Jesus says, I will tell you the way to eternal life. And then he says, if you want to enter life, Keep the commandments. And if you've been paying attention... You would say, Pastor Joe, you just said that it's not about rules. It's about relationship. Why would Jesus now point me back to commandments? That sounds like rules to me. When you just spent 15 minutes ranting about how it's all about a relationship. And now Jesus says, go to the commandments, which is going to lead you to life. But here's the thing. The rules of God lead to relationship. If you've ever studied the commandments, of the Old Testament and the New Testament, every single commandment ultimately will point you to loving God or loving people. Relationship, relationship. If you actually study the commandments, His commandments lead you to communion. His commandments lead you to community. Love, God love people honor your parents love one another one another encourage one another pray for one another love God worship God give thanks to God praise God seek God all the commandments in this will lead to a relationship with God. They're not just dead rules. They're rules that lead us towards God. So Jesus says, Okay, dude, you are really focused on rules and deeds. So let me speak in your language. Let me point you to the commandments to get you to where we're trying to go. You're stuck in religion. I'm trying to point you to relationship. Let's start with the commandments. You seem to get that. Look at the commandments. Are you following them? That's what's going to lead you to life. So Jesus starts pointing out the commandments. The Ten Commandments. Let's start with number, uh, with number five. And then he goes down all the way to 10. And lists, lists, he says, um, he's like, well, let's go down the commandments. Have you, have you been following? And he, and he goes, which one? Which ones? Right? Which is not the kind of question you're supposed to ask when you're talking about a relationship. You guys know what I'm saying? Like when you say which ones... That means you're not talking about a relationship. Like, if a, ladies, if a guy comes up to you and says, What good deeds must I do to achieve marriage with you? Right? What good, what must I do? What things must I do to achieve love, your love? Right? And first of all, you'd be like, Wow, like, that was the most unromantic thing I've ever heard. But, oh, okay. Like, and then let's say you were just uh, you start, start telling them. All right, uh, he's like, "What good deeds?" What? And he has he has like like a notepad out and he's ready to write. And he's like, uh, "Flowers?" It's like flowers. Okay, what kind of flowers? Daisies. Okay, daisies. How how often? Two times a week. I can do that. Okay, I can make that work. A ring. Okay, preferences. You know what what cut? What carrot? What clarity? Like you know specifics, please. All right, yeah, I think we can we can work we can work on that. Right. Anything else? And then let's say you just start like listing things about who you are. You're like, oh, well, you know, I like I like this restaurant and I'm, I like these kinds of things. And then at the end, you're like, okay, of all of these commandments of yours, which ones do I need to follow to achieve your love? And you'd be like, dude, I don't think you know how this relationship thing works, right? This guy is fundamentally missing the point of religion. It's not about the rules or trying to figure out which ones to just bare minimum get into eternal life or to get God to, to, to know the love of God. The bare, which one is a question that is a bare minimum question? Which ones, which commandments, which rules is a religion question? A relationship question sounds more like this. What else can I do? What more can I give? That's a love question. You guys know what I'm saying? That's what love asks. Psalm chapter 1, 116, verse 12. It says, the psalmist writes to the Lord, what shall I render to the Lord for all of his benefits to me? That's why he's not saying, what God do you require? But he says, what more can I do? What can I render to God for all that he's given me? First Chronicles 29, 14. David says, after Israel... They poured out, they had mountains of treasure that they just gave offering to the Lord out of worship. And then after they gave all this treasure, David says, But who am I and what is my people that we should be able to thus offer willingly? David, his heart isn't like, God, is this enough? But he says like, who are we that we can even give you anything, God? You gave us everything. You deserve it all. That's what love says. That's what a relationship sounds like. It's not like, which ones can I do to bare minimum meet the requirements of your love so that we can get married? That's not love. If a guy says that to you, you need to run, ladies. Or if guys, if a woman says that to you, then you need to walk away slowly. All right, because that's not a relationship. He says, "Which ones? Which commandments do I need to like love make, make you know have this relationship with God?" So Jesus is like, "Okay, he still doesn't get it. So I'll just I'll I'll try to spell it out for him." Okay, Jesus says, "You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness. Honor your father and your mother. You shall love your neighbor as yourself." Jesus. Is listing the Ten Commandments, right? And the young man says, okay, he's like checking them off in his head. And he says, well, all of these I've kept. What am I missing? Because he's just like, I'm doing this. I'm doing this stuff, Jesus. And if anyone, especially the Hebrew audience who this was written to, knew the Ten Commandments, they know that there is a giant gap. If you can go to the the picture, Jesus listed off these five or these six, but the ones he didn't mention were the first four. Any Jew would instantly recognize what Jesus just said. He just named the last six of the Ten Commandments and he completely ignored the first four and the first most important. We'll jump back to this in a second. The young man says, all these I've kept, the bottom ones. Which, you know what this tells me? Like, like let's just take, think about this for a second. If you actually lived your life and you kept all of the bottom six, you're a pretty good person. You're actually better than most of us in this room. If you actually honored your mo- father and mother, you did not you didn't lie, you didn't steal, you didn't lust, you loved your neighbor as yourself, you are an amazing human being. You guys know what I'm saying? You have you are you have good family relationships. You honor your parents. That means your family relationships are good. You love your neighbor as yourself, which means you have good, strong, rich relationships in this guy's life. And not only that, it just says this is a young man, so he's healthy, he's young, and then also says he is he has great possessions, so he's rich. And he's religious. He might even be ripped. Who knows? He's just got all the R's going on for him. You know what I'm saying? This guy's got relationships, religion. And what are the other ones? Rich, yeah, he's got it all. He's got literally everything that a perfect man should want or need in this life. He's got the wealth, the power, The because in Luke, it says he was a rich, young ruler. There's another R. He's a ruler. He's got authority. He's got respect of the people. This guy literally has everything. The more I think about it, I'm like, this guy has everything we could ever want in our life to have a full life that is meaningful, right? Because most people are like, oh, who cares if you're rich if you have no relationships? But he has relationships. He honors his parents. He loves people around him. People are like, oh, yeah, who cares if you're, if you're rich and you're powerful if you're too old and sick to enjoy it? But he's young. You know what I'm saying? Like, he literally has everything. Yeah, but, you know, he doesn't have, you know, religion. He does. He, he follows the commandments of God. And though he has it all, everything that you and I were told that if we had all of these things, we would actually be happy, right? Come on. Whether you grew up in church or not, you were told that if you were rich, healthy, if you, had, if you had good relationships, if you had influence and respect, you would be happy. And most of us right now, the reason why you're not happy is because you think you lack one or two or all of these things. You guys know what I'm saying? And you in your mind, deep inside, you might not admit it at Bible study, but in, at home, you're thinking, yeah, if we, just, if, we, if we just had a little bit more money. Or you're like, man, if people just respected me. Or some of you are like, man, I, if I was just not sick, or if this pain would just go away, or if this sickness would be gone, then I would be happy. Then I would be really alive. If if I just had some relationships, if my family relationships were better, then I would really be alive. If I just had a relationship, then I would be alive. If my children actually liked me, then I would really have life. And we think that if we had these things, we would really be alive. But here is a man who has it all. And he says, what do I still lack? Because life, eternal life is not found in these things. Things Even when you add them all together, he senses a deep lack in his soul, though he has had it all. And I'm trying to save you guys a lot of time because some of you will spend your whole life trying to chase one or all of these things. And you will lack the only thing that matters, which is represented by the first four of the Ten Commandments that Jesus Conveniently forgot to mention, trying to point this guy to what he was lacking. You are lacking a relationship with God. It doesn't even matter if you love your neighbor, if you don't love God and the very first of the 10 commandments says you shall have no other gods but me the second one says you will worship you will make no other idols for yourself or worship idols that people made number three says you will not you will honor my name number four says you will you will spend time with me you will set time apart on the sabbath day spending time getting to know me and worshiping me the thing that he was missing was a relationship of honoring, worshiping God alone above all else. Guys, if, like, if you're like, what do I have to do to marry you? If that's the question someone asks you, what would you say? You wouldn't say, give me flowers, get me a ring and do all these things. You would say, love me above everyone else is what you would say. Right? A guy, if a woman came up to you and said, what do I have to do to marry you? You'd say, love me above every other man. And the same for a woman. If a guy came and said, what must I do to marry you? you would be like, well, okay, like flowers, that's all nice and stuff, but you gotta, you gotta break up with all your other girlfriends. And you'd be like, what? And then he walked away sad, for he had many girlfriends. <laughs> you know, like... This is why it's hard for a man with many girlfriends to get married. Right? the man who has no girlfriends. Yes, I will go. (laughs) Jesus says to him, if you would be perfect, sell what you possess. Give to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. Jesus says, we're going to deal with this right here. If you want to be perfect, if you want eternal life, the real thing, you want real eternal life, you need to sell the thing that you worship above God. And for this man, it was his great possessions. Is Selling all of your stuff, a requirement for everyone who follows Jesus? No, but it was for this guy because this guy, this was his God. You see, Jesus wasn't here his to like try to end homelessness and try to like end poverty, to get... Because if that was it, he would make every disciple be like, all right, you want to follow me? Sell your stuff. You want to follow me? Sell your stuff. Give it to the poor. You want to follow me? Sell your stuff. Give it to the poor. He didn't say that to anyone else, only to this guy, because that was his idol that was the thing he trusted in that was the thing that his identity was tied to that was the thing everyone knows me as the rich guy I don't know who I am without the riches and Jesus says don't worry I will give you a new identity you will be my son I don't know who I am if I'm not this or if I'm not that what about I can't give this up this career I've been trying to do this my whole life I will give you something better it might, what is it for you? For, Je, for James and John, they had to walk away from their father in the boat. It was their family that they had to leave. For Matthew, the one who wrote, wrote this gospel, he had to walk away from the tax collector's booth, which was his career and his identity, but that was his God. And Jesus called him, follow me. And so Matthew got up and he had to walk away from it. You guys know what I'm saying. For, it's not always going to be money for everyone. It's not always going to be you have to change your career. It doesn't always mean you have to forsake your family for everyone. But for everyone, the call is to give up everything. That's what it's about. Is that so reason? Is that, is that like not reasonable? For someone to say, if you want to be in a relationship with me, you cannot be in a relationship with someone else. That's exactly what Jesus requires. For those who want to know him, to follow God, is you cannot be trusting in, living for, going after another God. You call it whatever you want, but that thing that you trust in, you look to, you hope for, you worship, you get up and you turn to before anything else that you get your hope and your identity from, if that's not Jesus Christ, then it is an idol made by human hands. And Jesus says, sell it, get rid of it, and follow me. And you will get your treasure. You'll get your treasure in heaven. He's not trying to take away your treasure. He wants to give you the real thing. Give up what you want, and you'll get what you really want. You see, we think we, we all want something. Whether that, maybe this guy's security, like, the, yeah, his possessions, and his, it, was, it was security. It was identity. I don't know what it was but he wanted something that those possessions represented and Jesus is like I know what you want and you're going to get those things through me in the fullness you're going to get the heavenly treasure that your heart actually desires you will get your heart's desire in me if you but you got to let this other thing go psalm 20 uh 37, 4 says delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart guys god knows you all desire stuff he knows i desire stuff my heart is filled with desires but I've been trying to fill it with sinful things and I've gotten used to just going to these sinful things over and over and over and God's like I know the desires of your heart I'm going to fill them but you have to let these other things go and let me walk in so I can give you the true desires of your heart I know them because I made you I made your heart I know you better than you you think you know you you want that I know what you truly need I came to give you life and life abundantly John 10:10 10, 10. Isaiah 55:2 says why do you spend your money for uh, on that which is not bread your labor on that does that that does not satisfy How many of us are waste are spending our lives and our effort and our time on things over and over and over again and we know it doesn't satisfy And you're like, I don't know what's wrong with me. Jesus is saying, get rid of it, sell it, and come follow me. You want security in money or in a career, in a calling? You want to be known? You want to fit in? You want friendship? You want pleasure? Are you seeking perfection? All these things will be given to you in its ultimate form through Jesus Christ. You want God? you got to give up the other gods. You want to marry the one? Then you got to break up with the other ones. The cost is the same for everyone, and it's everything. You see, everyone is invited to the kingdom, but you just can't bring anything else in with you. So what are you holding on to? Whatever that is, is keeping you from walking into the fullness of the kingdom of God. What are you holding on to? Whatever that is, is keeping you from the fullness of life in a relationship with the living God that you've been hearing about your whole life, but you can't seem to experience because you cannot let go of that thing. Jim Elliott, a guy who died in his youth, leaving behind a, a young wife, to go share the gospel in Ecuador said this, he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Guys, I know selling everything or selling that one thing, I know it seems crazy, but it's not crazy if you're in love. I know committing yourself to one person Above all other people seems crazy, but not if you're in love. But some of us are like, Jesus, I'll die for you, but you can't have my stuff. That just doesn't seem to work. Girl, I'll be faithful to you, but just, you know, just not all the time. It's like, what? Do you know God? Do you have a relationship with him? Or are you still just doing religion? Do you know him? And if you're like, I want to, I don't know why I can't, it's probably because you haven't sold your other gods. And Jesus is inviting you in right now. He's saying, I died, I came and I died on the cross for your sins. Not so that you can have religion, but so that you can have a relationship with me. Thanks for listening to the Han Vision Podcast. We hope you are blessed. Join us next week on Han Vision.